Eric Bischoff here again, telling you about our friends over at SaveWithConrad.com. Now, Conrad's always talking about how they are helping homeowners save money, but did you know that Conrad and his team can also help you become a homeowner? They make the home buying process more enjoyable than, I don't know, making out with Stephanie and Linda. Ouch! But don't take my word for it. I'm Willie Proctor, and I'm from Martinsburg, West Virginia. I came with uh, Save with Conrad to buy my first home. Is that once I, you know, listened to the podcast, or I was, I heard other testimonials and uh, how easy it was. So, and that was the whole process for me here was wanting for convenience. Oh, it was a, it was a pleasure. I mean, it was like working with family. It really was like, you know, being from West Virginia. You know, it's, it's all about family here, and and that's what it was like working with Conrad's team. You know, I worked with Larry, uh, Holly, and Francis. And they were just, it was just like, I thought I was talking to my aunt or, you know, talking to my dad, you know, it was, it was a great experience. Yeah, this is actually the house I grew up in. So that was kind of the whole thing. And my mom was moving to South Carolina, you know, she was, and she got stressed out about what to do with the house, how she was going to sell it, uh, get rid of everything. And I thought, you know what, I didn't want to see the house go. But at the same time, I wanted to make the process easy for me and easy for my mom. And working with Larry and the team, uh, they made it easy for both of us. Uh, hi, this is Willie Proctor, and I just bought my first house with SaveWithConrad.com. And unlike the dirt sheets, we're not making this up. Check out all the five-star reviews. Go to SaveWithConrad.com and do it today. You'll be grateful you did. NMLS number 65084, Equal Housing Lender. Woo! Talking about the great years of World Championship Wrestling, the NWA and Jim Crockett Promotions. Tony and Friends North, they win. Look, Shivani's back again. World title split off center stage. Bischoff, Disney, Hogan, and Nitro. New World Order and the Crow. Thunder Russo, Arquette Champ, Vinny Mac, Simulcast. Tony's back with Conrad, not your classy podcast. Watch along, try not to laugh. Lois rules, cat back. This wasn't the initial plan. Tom Ziggs, a good looking man. Klondike Bill, make a tip. Tommy, you come over here. What happened when? WHW Monday. And now, let's go to the ring. And here's your co host. Hey, hey, it's Conrad Thompson. Hey, hey, it's Conrad Thompson, and you're listening to What Happened When? And a very special bonus episode on Patron. What's going on, Tony Schiavone? What is up, Conrad Thompson? Bonus edition of our podcast, What Happened When? We've had a lot of responses. Of course, we're going to our low-key big hogs to make those decisions. If we've not called on you yet, please be patient. There's a lot of time to go. We've had, uh, we do, do two a month. We kind of do them at the end of the month. And I'd like to say hello to Adam DeMorty. Uh, Adam, unfortunately, is a Florida Gator, oh, which gross. means he fucking sucks. Well, he, uh, kn- he knows he sucks in fairness. Like they, they're, they're basically yeah. like the, uh, they're the disco inferno of the sec. Where are they ever? So I sent Adam an email. I said, listen, Conrad and I are going to record this on a certain day. Would you be willing to join us? The prick never answered. Ugh, the worst. So Adam, you're not going to be on this episode. So Adam, Hey, I love you, buddy. I really do. Thanks for being a patron, but fuck your team. 
but, uh, but he did pick a good episode, did he not? He did. He said, here's what he said. There are three Crockett shows that I just can't decide from. I'll let you pick from them. I'm leaning towards the 25th of July in 87, but they are all ridiculously funny. Uh, the, on the, the 27th of July in 87, uh, this was one where Flair had the date with Precious oh. and Ronnie Marvin dressed up as Miss Atlanta Lively and knocked him out. Uh, but we're going to go to the show before that because it is one of those shows that is deep within my memory. And it's the one on the 18th of July, 1987, when Flair made love to a mannequin mm. while I was holding the microphone. And it is one of the most memorable, <laughs> uh, one of the most memorable days we had at the TBS studio back then. I remember it's 87. So I've, I've only been in wrestling, what, four years, uh, not even full time, only a couple of years. So I'm holding the microphone for this great world heavyweight champion. And the fucker is <laughs> making it out, uh, with a mannequin. So that's what we're going to do. That's what, that's the one we're going to do. I feel like we should, um, go ahead and get started. Cause it sounds like there is a lot to cover here. Yeah. This was back during the Ric Flair versus gorgeous Jimmy Garvin era, which was a pretty good run actually. To pull it up July 18th, 1987. Uh, if you're like me, you had to look around, just look for world championship wrestling inside the vault. And there you go. July 18th, 1987. Get us a countdown going here, Tony. All right, here we go in three, two, one, play. Well, we open up with Lex Luger going up against Nikita Koloff in a steel cage. And by God, there's Earl Hebner as the referee. How about that? I just saw Earl in NWA 70. And uh, this is uh, Nikita Koloff had the uh, neck brace on. And Luger was apparently the heel here. And look at this. Going to roll his ass up, and that is our hot open. And of course, we're going to know that seven months after that, Earl Hebner would be used in arguably the greatest storyline in wrestling history. It is uh, something fun to look back on, though, and think about that he wasn't even there at the time. He's down here with you guys, and right. I love these old school graphics. Big fan of see. Oh, speaking of old school, look at that glorious porn stash and mullet right there on the left. He is here to sell you a vacuum cleaner. Well, <laughs> apparently so. Uh, and, uh, David Crockett and Tony Schiavone are opening up the show here. Uh, and, uh, the, thank you very much, David Crockett. And we do like to say that we've got on this program today, the nature boy. I was talking, I was talking in a phony voice back then. If you listen to it, I mean, I, I go back and I listen to this shit, Conrad. And I'm thinking, my God, did I sound like shit? Now, that is throwing you a softball to say, how do I sound now? Sound great, Tony. <laughs> wow. Well, I'm just saying you're calling MLW, you're calling NWA world title matches, you're calling baseball, you're calling basketball, you're calling football. Am yeah. I going to be so bold as to suggest 31 years later, you're not any yeah. better? Come on. Of course you are. Boy, marriage, marriage is agreeing with you, buddy. Wait, wait, wait. What were you talking about marriage? It's, it's agreeing with you. It is. It is absolutely agreeing with you. You don't know that I'm married. <laughs> I'm going to, I'm going to pull one of your Dave Meltzer's. You weren't there. <laughs> you don't know. I read it online. Oh, well, so therefore 
everything that I read to you from the observer of the torch is a hundred percent accurate because I read it online. Let me go another, uh, uh, angle here. Uh, my son, John Michael was at your, was at your house that day. And he told me there was a wedding. So yeah, but John Michael can't be trusted. <laughs> Boy, do I ever run Simmons against gladiator. Number one, which by the way, gladiator number one was uh, Gary Royal. Uh, and the and hall of famer is your referee, your referee, Teddy long, who I saw in Waynesboro, Virginia. I saw Ron Simmons in Waynesboro, Virginia. God, uh, look at Ron Simmons, man. Yeah. This is before doom. And I got to tell you the first time I remember seeing Ron Simmons was as a member of doom. And we've talked about it before in the archives. I didn't like doom without the mask as much as with the mask. I don't know why, but it added so much for me that they were in masks and I was a huge fan of his, but man, seeing him here in 87, he looks like a black Lex Luger. Well, he was spectacular. And this is of course, before doom and before he became the world champion. And it's funny. You're talking about the only hall of famer in the ring, that hall of famer in the ring. Oh, peanut head himself. Teddy long was also Ron Simmons manager at doom. If you'll recall Ron, so. Ron Simmons is in the hall of fame. I, I just like pointing out that fucking Teddy long is in the hall of fame. Right. I mean, realistically, I, I'm a fan of, you know, whatever he's yeah. in the fucking hall of fame. Well, he was general manager of raw, wasn't he? But you're not in the hall of fame and he is Bruce Pritchard's not in the hall of fame. And he is Eric Bischoff's not in the hall of fame. And he is left-handed Lariat and down goes Gary Royal. I mean, gladiator number one, uh, here we are. How far are we into the show here? This bonus episode, five minutes into the bonus episode. Probably with our talk beforehand, six minutes into the bonus episode, and you're already talking about penises. No, I mean, yeah, I said button on a fur coat. I didn't say the word penis. Well, everybody who's on Patreon knows exactly what you were referring to. Watch, look at Simmons. Remember, he's four time All American, Florida State University. Played under Bobby Bowden, one, two, three, and he got the win with a big shoulder tackle from the middle turnbuckle. There's your winner. Ron Simmons. Do you think that you were trying? I mean, right there when you were running through his collegiate accolades, you, you were doing your best JR, were you not? Uh, yeah, I guess I was. Because JR said that. Well, all right, let's bring him in, Ron Simmons. Look at his Ron- fucking hair. <laughs> He's got the macho man hair here. Look at that. I know, man. I tell you, you know, Ron, you know, you, you brought up a story that he is unfuckawithable or whatever he said the, about the Steiners. Uh, he was badass. I mean, he he came across as legitimate badass motherfucker. He a good guy. God, I, it was so great seeing him in Waynesboro, Virginia recently. Uh, oh, by the way, I saw Scott Steiner there as well. By the but way, he, I'd like to point out, do you want to guess how old Ron Simmons is here in this video? Uh, Ron Simmons uh, just finished playing college football, so he had been like 24. He's 29 here. Wow, really? Yeah. Holy smokes. I thought he was much, much younger than that. I thought he had just finished playing college football. It's just crazy to me. You know, 10 years later, he's nation of domination and he's 39. The mod squad. How about that? Here's a blast from the past. We've seen them before the mod squad in one of our, uh, our shows. That's by the way, in the archives, uh, probably not in the uh, archives here on Patreon, but in the archives, uh, on MLWradio.com and, uh, so here we go in tag team action and oh, uh, Teddy long working overtime. Looks like he's the only referee in the house right now. 
You know, referees, uh, as you probably know, referees did a lot more uh, than just referees. They were like, well, I, I, I liken them to a production assistance on a Hollywood set. They would always be the guys that would run after the guys. Make sure this guy's in place here. Make sure that come back and talk to Dusty that, well, so the mod, by the way, Dusty, the mod squad's here or Ron Simmons has arrived and they would have a, they would they'd do check off a list. So they, they did more than just come out and referee. They were, they were kind of like, uh, mini agents, I guess back then. And I guess they, I, they do a lot more now as well. I guess some of them, right. Uh, in NXT even put up the ring, don't they? Yeah. Jamie Noble is a mini agent right now. <laughs> yes, he is. In many ways, he is. Uh, so uh, th- that's what they were doing. And uh, so we start out with Ron Simmons, and we got the Mod Squad. And, and as you can tell, now look, here we are in 2018. Uh, we're many, many years later. And yes, I know what you're. I know what many of you out there are thinking. Wow, the matches here really suck. They do. Yeah, but that was that was what it was about back then. It was about shitty fine- wrestling. It was about shitty wrestling. No, it was about angles. It was about interviews. It was about getting you to the arenas. It wasn't about you watching. Hang on, hang on, hang on. You're telling me this is designed to get the mod squad over. This yep. makes people want to go see Jim and Mac Jefferson. Oh, Spike no. and Basher. Oh, They're God the- damn. Let's get down to the arena and see Spike and Basher. Okay. Look at him. He looks like he's working a fucking indie shot in Boaz. Okay. I agree. I agree. However. I would much rather see sometimes an enhancement match than I would want to see, uh, Randy Orton wrestle one of the Hardys 30 times on SmackDown because that's what, that's what they do on the WWE right now. It's not, it it is not a slight to any of these guys, but we're just seeing the same thing over and over and over. But that's what this is. And I'm not arguing about against the merits of a squash match, but you guys are giving television time to the mod squad. Holy shit. Well, to make the mod squad mean something you had to, I mean, wouldn't you? No, but look at them. Like if I'm right smack dab in the middle of a war with the WWF and they're kicking my ass. Cause in 87, they were right. And they've got teams that look like the British bulldogs. And the Hart Foundation. And you got these goofs. And like the one, two, three. That guy right there can turn wrenches. He's probably certified in Chevrolet service. And that fucking guy runs a lawn care service. Well, as we take a replay, and there's the Wayne Daniel fly-in, as Wayne Daniel would was always running tape. And, uh, whoa, look at that. I hope I don't talk. Oh my God. Would you take a look at this? Is this big Bubba before big Bubba was big Bubba? Uh, can I give you the skinny? Yeah. The skinny. I have that mask. Do you really? That's the midnight rider mask from dusty roads. And JJ put it on here. Ray trailer. Cause that's Ray trailer. Can't fool me. And who knows what JJ's saying? All the one thing I do know is that television sets all around the country right now are looking for Andy Griffith or looking for the Atlanta Braves. Why? And now they got JJ in a sling. 
Oh, yeah, they should have had the fucking mod squad. Well, that's what I was saying, the mod squad. I was saying because the mod squad. By the way, he's known here as the war machine. The war machine. Yeah, they're trying to set up the second war games match. Okay. Which is going to be like 12 days after this. And, and that's why JJ has the, uh, the sling on because he was hurt in war games. Yeah, because they he, broke his fucking deal. Right. He broke his deal. And it's, you know, I remember when we first saw Ray Trailer on a WCW Saturday night uh, on World Championship Wrestling. He went out, and I think it was an enhancement tag team. And I remember going to the back, and I remember Dusty saying to me, he said, well, we, we, can, we can use this guy. He's got something special. And he was right. I mean, he became, all right, Tony, hey, take a look at the hair and the mustache that you've got on. I want to let you know that you've been in the makeup chair, and there were our makeup people there at TBS back in the day. You've been in the makeup chair for over three hours so far, but I want to say I don't get in the makeup chair at all because I own the company. Let me ask you, who trimmed your mustache here? The side on your right, our left, is much, much longer than the side on the other side. I mean, yeah. this, it's fucking, I, e even your mustache is lopsided. Can, can I be brutally honest here, friend yeah. of mine? Yeah. Uh, you're looking for shit. No, no, look at your fucking, like, I wondered when I saw your hair, like all the way touching your jacket over your shirt, right onto your jacket. Like, did you ever bunch that up and put it like a rubber band? No, I didn't. But do you know why I had it that long? Cause Lois liked long hair. That's exactly right. That's exactly right. And still today, when I get my hair cut and it's not long in the back, she says, you need your hair long in the back. It looks better with long in the back. So, so I. Back then, I just kind of submitted to her. Wait, back then? <laughs> like, that's different now. <laughs> I didn't want to hear it back then. Right then, now, I don't give a shit. Yeah, you've just given up. I have yeah, Tony Shivani did, right? Yeah, that's right. You've Shivani. I've Tony Shivani did. So By the way, you uh, your son has not Shivani. Which one? The one, the one who actually acknowledges my existence. Uh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. I've, I'm glad he, I'm glad he was, uh, I'm glad he was able to, but he was sitting beside of Cassio fucking kid at your wedding at the reception. What the hell? I told Cassio, I said, you heathen, leave my kids alone. What, what the, huh? Did, did he say, I, I know what Cassio said. He said, Hey, John Michael, tell us all about your new girlfriend. <laughs> How about that? Huh? She looked pretty good. Didn't she? She was cute. First time I'd ever seen her was a picture that uh dave silva sent me of all of them together and i i had never seen his girlfriend before so i would keep her i would keep her away from you too if i was him what? as cassio what? as cassio would say she was war eagle oh huh. why 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 would you keep her away from me have you, you heard I'm, have you heard your show yeah i've heard my show but you think i'm gonna hit on my son no, no no i'm not saying that i'm just saying you're foul think this is rick flair and david flair in 2018 I don't even know what that means. I know what that means. Okay. Well, elaborate. That was an angle. The angle we talked about that daddy was supposed to, you know, be banging Stacy Keebler. Remember we talked about that angle. Okay. That's cool. What you know what I was talking about. So you, yeah. you've acknowledged here on the show oh that God. you're repulsive because you no. were friends with. Uh, Klondike bill that your personal hygiene is not the best. You only shower once a week. You grow your fingernails and toenails out. 
Your wife right. demands that you wear a mullet. And you've also told us that no one is welcome at your house because they'd have to clear a path through all the fucking dog hair. Yet you wonder why your son doesn't bring his lady friends around. Yeah, I know. And the reason he doesn't is because he doesn't want anybody to meet his mom because she's crazy. Hey, meanwhile, there's a great match going on that we are completely ignoring By as way, I try to step I, out of the sh- that I'm in right now. And that is Lex Luger against Nikita Koloff for the United States Heavyweight Championship. By the way, it's in a steel cage. So it's either uh, here in uh, Atlanta at the Omni, or it's the Greensboro Coliseum, or it's in the Charlotte Coliseum, one of the three. So you don't know where it is? No, I don't know where it is, and it really doesn't matter. So let me, uh, let me point out this move here that he started with. is a full Nelson now on the ground. Right. I did this joke, I don't know, maybe 15 years ago. I would go behind people and say, this is a half Nelson. And then I would put the other hand in and say, this is a full Nelson. And then I would start humping and I would say, this is a father Nelson. Right. And he just gave him a father Nelson. Right. That may may have been when they became fast friends. Cause you know, to this day that they're two of each other's very best friends. That I did not know. And I just. I just spent a little time with Luger uh, again at, a, at an autograph signing this weekend, and uh, uh, it's, it was great to see him. I haven't seen Nikita in quite a while, so well, well Le- Le- Lex years. is like the the nicest man ever. Yeah, uh, this is at the Omni, I do believe. Nah, yeah, I think so. The reason I'm the reason I say that when they did the wide shots, I saw the red the red seats, and the Omni had those red seats. Well, it was I know it was red gels on the lights. I understand. But, uh, you know, this is, this is Nikita after Nikita had turned baby face and whoa, what's he doing here? And, uh, certainly, uh, that turn of Nikita's baby face because Magnum TA was injured. Oh, down goes the referee. I fucking ref bump. What are we doing? Let me just say you missed a good reception. Really? Yeah. Well, you know, I was driving back from Baton Rouge and I got the mobile. That night and, uh, look at JJ. I had the, uh, I had the band like the <laughs> five string uh, or not five string, but the, yeah. whatever, you know, yeah. the, the, the woods section, uh, play, um, stroking, <laughs> Did Stro- you really stroking on a violin and things like that. I thought it would be your deal. And of course you weren't there. So it was just me and Cassio and right. your never to be daughter-in-law. Yeah. Uh, no, oh, look at this. No, no chance. No chance. He locks that down by the way. No chance. Oh. <laughs> Are you talking about lock down this, this win? Oh no. You're talking about my son. Yeah. No look chance. at this. He's going to rack Nikita Koloff. He's going to rack Nikita Koloff. That cheating son of a bitch. And look at that cheating son of a bitch. James J. Dillon. What the fuck is going on here? Earl Hebner turns around. He sees that Nikita Koloff is out and Lex Luger is the United States heavyweight champion. God almighty. In, in reality, I'm sure Luger wanted Earl Hebner to get up quickly because he had to sling the key on his back for quite a while. Uh, JJ was a cheating son of a bitch back then. He really, really was. He still is. Yeah, I know. Uh, but, uh, there you go. And Tully Blanchard is in the horseman. Oh, look at Arn Anderson come in. They are rejoicing the fact that the horsemen have now gained to their trophy case, the United States heavyweight championship belt. 
to recap, yeah, they, go, they got the world title, they got the U.S. title, and now the tag and the tag titles. So right. all all the gold is with the Horsemen, and here they are. Dun, 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 dun. We are here with the total package, Lex Luger. There you see him with that gold belt that he fucked Nikita Koloff out of, and James J. Uh, James J. Dill. JJ, wake up! You got an interview. You got to take. There you go. I am here to 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 tell you about the United States champion, and in fact, he is the only member of the Horsemen who cannot cut a promo, so he did not have a belt. But now we have decided to give him a belt, and by we, I mean Ric Flair going the dusty roads of complaining, and then Jim Crockett having to interfere, go have dinner with Ric Flair and be convinced to give the other piece of the horseman a title. Now, in a few minutes, I'm going to stop talking, and you're going to go from an average promo to the drizzling shits. But hopefully by the end, he'll take his shirt off and point with his finger, because that's what we've told him he's got to do. You're right, James J. Dillon. I can't talk. Yeah, we know that. We know you can't talk. I can't work. I know. We know you can't work. And I can't do much of anything else. But I look good. And that's why I'm the U.S. Heavyweight Champion. But more than that, I make more money than most people here. And take a look at my mullet. You think Shivani's mullet looks good? Take a look at this blonde mullet I got on me. Absolutely. I'm not smart enough to cut my hair. I'm not smart enough to show off my traps. I'm just going to let my hair go over my traps so you won't be able to see my traps. So there you go. I am the U.S. Heavyweight Champion. I make more money. As you can see, I point more times than anybody else. And pretty soon, as we know, I'm going to draw a line with my right hand. Oh, and by the way, I've learned a little bit more about promos, James J. I learned to look into the camera. Instead of looking to the right, oh, I looked to the right, shouldn't have done that. I am told I got to look straight in the camera. The guys in the back, Dusty, and all those guys said, Luger, there we go, I'm drawing a line. Luger, you're a good guy. You got to look, you can't work with a shit, but you need to look into the camera, look right into the people's soul. Let them know that you are without a doubt, the total package. So I'm telling you, Tony Shivani, I'm telling you, James J. Dillon, I'm telling you, David Crockett, you think this company's going downhill right now. Just wait. I'll be here when it goes all the way downhill and I'll be here. Well, I look to the right again. I shouldn't have done that. I'll be here when World Championship Wrestling goes downhill because I am the total package Lex Luger. Woo! Well, sorry, Flair does that. I shouldn't have. But let me go ahead and do it again. Woo! Have I drawn a line with my finger yet? So, hey, say intestinal fortitude. Okay, intestinal fortitude. There he is, the total package Lex Luger. We're back after this on TBS. Is that what he used to always say, intestinal fortitude? Tony Schiavone, I've got the intestinal fortitude. Yeah, that's what that was his move. That was his move. All right. All right, uh, Tony, uh, I've uh, been checking the balance books as of late. I'm sorry, but we're not going to be able to afford you. We're going to have to let you go back and, and make a living in baseball again, uh, traveling in the uh, the Southern League. Thank you very much, David. Well, as fans, you may not know, I'm still getting baseball money. Holy shit, I'm pitching to myself. Yep, you pitch to yourself, and you've got a JCP. Hello, Tony Giovanni. I'm here with a broken neck. Now, it's not really a broken neck like a brace. All I did is I wrapped a towel around my head because Jim Crockett Promotions has no money. But we do have two planes. 
We cannot afford a real neck brace, but we have two planes. One of them even has Dusty Rhodes' name on the tail. Why do we have that? I do not know. But I know that I get to ride there as long as I use this voice all the time. That's right. When I'm on the plane, I talk like this too. But I've learned what it takes to be on the plane. You see, I, me, that's right, me. I have been peeling all of Lex Luger's shrimps. He does not want his fingers to stink. I take care of it. You know what else I do? I sometimes, just for fun, I will go and I will pick up a giant toilet bowl brush and I will pretend to brush Lex Luger's teeth. And then Beak will laugh at me. Ah, ah, ah. No, I am not Count Chocula, but I do not know how to do a Russian laugh. Russians do not laugh, but I have to pretend to laugh when Beak and old flesh-covered Yamaka are on the plane. They will make fun of me mercilessly, but it could be worse. I could be Tony Schiavone. That's right, you, Tony Schiavone. You come enough to shampoo a water buffalo, and we have a lot of water buffalo in Russia. Actually, I don't know if that's true. I'm from Minnesota. I've never been to Russia, but I saw Rocky Four, and that's why I'm here, because Ivan Drago is not a name I could use that was already in Ivan. So I am Nikita Koloff, and I am now a good guy, because Dusty Rhodes wants the rub. He saw I was getting over, and he thinks we can be the superpowers, and we can battle Hulkamania. They don't know what I know, which is Crockett's Diners Club was declined. We can't even eat at Western Sizzling. I have to peel the shrimps on the plane now. Those plane shrimps are not good. They are not fresh. He got the diarrheas. Boom, 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 boom. Against Gladiator number two, here he is, the boy from New York City, Jimmy uh, the Boogie Woogie Man Valiant. Let me just tell you, uh, Jimmy the Boogie Woogie Man Valiant, this is what my dad looks like with his shirt off. Wow. Larry Thompson looks like this? Yeah, less tattoos. Okay. But he walks like this around the house. His beard's shorter, but he right. looks just like this, walks like this around the house, especially yeah. after he's a few cores lights in. Oh, he does a little knee thing like that and everything before he gets in the pool. Does his matches last longer than Jimmy Valiant? Well, Jimmy Valiant. I we'll have to ask my mama. Did, did not last. Oh, yeah, did not last long. Uh, and, you know, Jimmy got a little, little heat about that from Dusty. He wanted the matches to be longer? Yeah. Well, basically, they would, they would uh, tell him they want him to do this and do that, and he would go out and do the same thing. And then it got to the point to where he would just – you know, he would tell the referee, you know, watch behind me. He's pulling on my trunks. And then he would jab him with a thumb in the eye. And here we go, right there. See? And there uh, you go, jab him with a thumb in the eye. Oh, in the throat. Uh, and then he would hit him with the elbow, and then that would be it. Man. Yeah, his ma Jimmy's matches weren't good, but he was still a great character. Uh, guys, we all know that confidence can take you far in life. That's especially true in the bedroom, especially when it's time to step up to the plate. And that's where Blue Chew comes in. We've been talking about Blue Chew for, wow, since WHW was created. That's because Blue Chew is a unique online service that delivers the same active ingredients as Viagra and Cialis, but in chewable tablets. And here's the key, at a fraction of the cost. It's very simple. You sign up at BlueChew.com, consult with one of their licensed medical providers, and once you're approved, you'll receive your prescription within days. And the best part? It's done online. So no visit to the doctor's office, no awkward conversations, and no waiting in line at the pharmacy. BlueChew tablets made 
right here in the USA and prepared and shipped direct to your door in a discreet package. So if you could benefit from extra confidence when it's time to perform, chew it and do it. Have better sex. We've got a special deal for our listeners as we come to you from the Blue Chew Studios. Try Blue Chew free when you use our promo code WHW at checkout. Just pay $5 shipping. That's bluechew.com promo code WHW to receive your first month for free. Visit bluechew.com for more details and important safety information. We thank Blue Chew, as always, for sponsoring What Happened When. Here we go. This so, will be so it. what you're saying is, as far as the in-ring work goes, he, at this point, he had Shivani'd. Uh, yeah, I yeah. guess. Yeah. I get it. I wonder if he's going to crawl down and kiss me. Because you know what? My mom, God bless her soul, that was her favorite part of watching wrestling. She passed away in 1990, but in the 80s, she always had love that Jimmy Vine kissing. Oh, boy. Take a look at this. What a rush. Road Warrior Hawk. Uh, I know you're dead, but you're still the good one. And yes. Oh, let me say this. I am dead, but I am the only one that's over. The fat ass to my left. The only thing, the only thing he's got going for him is his son played in the NFL and he played for those cheating son of a bitches in Ohio state. Me. I didn't last long enough for that, but buddy, I was a mean motherfucker. Tell him animal. I, th- I was tr- I was trying to tell him animal, but he wasn't ready to talk. Saw Joe Laurinaitis recently, uh, and uh, he's doing some stuff with the NWA, which obviously tells me that they are running out of people to use. Yeah, I mean, at this point, uh, a picture of Road Warrior Hawk would draw more than animal. Yeah, it would. Yeah, it absolutely would. Yeah. Uh, we could we could promote come meet Road Warrior Animal or. Get a picture with Hawk shoulder pads. Right. Exactly. And we'll have a, have, we'll have a, uh, I, I tell you an idea. We will, Hawk need to look at the camera. He's looking at the monitor. You see him looking uh, down. What's up with the blue and the orange paint though? This is fucked up. Why is that? I don't know. I need the red and the black. Yeah. I bet you'd have a cardboard cutout of, of Hawk and animals standing side by side and more people would pose with a cardboard cutout. Wouldn't you think? Well, I think you're just mad because he didn't kayfabe the HJ. What are you, whoa, what are you talking about here? Hey, your family can't listen. They're not paying the money to be here on Patron. Tell us about the time you let a stranger jack you off in Florida. Yeah, it's it's a lie. No, no, let me, let me rephrase that. (laughs) That's, that's, that's a motherfucking, that's a motherfucking lie. I I nearly got choked. (laughs) I was hoping. (laughs) Oh God. I never hung out with that son of a bitch right here. Although I did go to his house one time in, in Minnesota. Wait, so who beat you off in Minnesota? No, stop. Stop. You lie. Oh God. Paul Ellering was quite the, uh, what was Paul Ellering doing here? Like, why was he necessary? Why was he necessary? Cause those are those two motherfuckers couldn't get from the airport to the arena without him. I know. I understand that they needed someone to, but I mean, he's getting a, like a payday to be on the roster and not just to be a handler. And he's doing an interview here. That's really unnecessary. No, it's it. Whoa. Kendall Wyndham. Thunderfoot okay. number two. And I'll tell you, he's not nearly as talented as Thunderfoot number one, but I did like him better than number three. 
I think Thunderfoot number one was Joel Deaton. Now, I'm not so sure who number two was, to be honest with you, but. Your mom. What was that? It was your mom. Oh, yes. My mom was Thunderfoot one. Uh, God, did you see it was in the stands there? Down low. And, you know, we, we tried our best, really. I liked Kendall. We tried our best to get him over, but it just wasn't going to work. It really wasn't. But we tried. So we're all just kind of sitting on pins and needles now here, just waiting for Ric Flair to do his promo, which is going to be the highlight. One of the highlights of, of my existence in being a wrestling announcer, by the way. This, Along- pro- this promo oh. is one of your highlights? Oh, yeah. No question. Absolutely no question. Uh, and uh, th- next to, you know, becoming friends with you and knowing you and Bruce. And yeah. 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 You didn't even come to my fucking wedding Fuck off. and Bischoff and all that stuff. Yeah. 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 Uh, yeah fuck you. Yeah. And I'm Oh, by the way, I, I thought I, since we have really nothing to talk about here, uh, whoa, whoa, whoa. are you shitting on Kendall Wyndham right now? He's out there printing money, son. I, I think we ought to let, let everybody know that on October 28th, if you've seen it on Patron and you're a low-key big hawk. Why are you laughing? <laughs> What's wrong? <laughs> Too bad the Crockett's weren't printing money at this time. Um, oh, there's the Bulldog. Uh, if you're a low-key big hog or you're a glass-bottom boat rider uh, and you want to come to our show in Charlotte, uh, beginning on Sunday, the 28th of October, we will be taking reservations via email. Come back to Patrona. You'll see how. Patreon. Bam. Oh, take a look at this, buddy. Oh, man. Here, Here we go. The American Dream Dusty Rhodes. You want to do Dusty? No, I want you to. My son, Cody. My son, Cody, is trying to revitalize the NWA. The NWA that I made by being a three-time world heavyweight champion. The NWA that Dory Funk Jr. My God, Dory Funk Jr. He was he was a world heavyweight champion for over 1,550 days. It shows you how desperate he was to have a world heavyweight champion. So my son now, from my loins, Cody Runnels, the American Nightmare, is the, or was, the world heavyweight champion. You know what I told him? I told him the same thing I told Dustin, who would go on to be Goldust. And that was, unless you're the lead dog, the view never changes. The view never changes. I say, unless you're the lead dog, the view never changes. Also, let me say this. I've made my money in this business. And I may owe a lot of money to a lot of people. But I'm still the American Dream Dusty Rose. And I'm still here talking about hard times. And there may be some of these bitches over here to my left. They don't like me and boo me. And that's why I come here in a very bad mood. But as Nikita Koloff said, yes, Nikita Koloff and I are going to be the superpowers. We are going to win the Crockett Cup. But come over here with me for a second if you boo. Okay. I'm going to, uh, I don't know what I'm going to do, but I'm obviously going to do something. And I'm going to say to you, David Crockett, that yes, we may be spending a lot of money on airplanes. We may be spending too much money on limousines and fine wine. But before I was here, it was George Scott. And you guys weren't making any fucking money until I arrived as the booker. That's right. The American Dream Dusty Rhodes, the booker. Let me say this to my son, Cody. Nick Aldis, fuck him. 
Fuck Nick Aldis. Who said he should be put over? Woo! Woo! I'm going out amongst my people, baby. And I'm going to sit on the apron. You know, I'm sure I'm not doing this justice. No, I'm of course sure you're not. It's really a good promo, and you're just yeah. fucking it up. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah, you're shivani You've just given up. Fans were behind his ass, man. Wow. See, this, 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 what we're seeing right here in this show, this interview right here, and what we're going to see from Rick Slayer was the crux of what we were about. It wasn't about the mod squad or whatever they were. It wasn't about Kendall Wyndham. It wasn't about Ron Simmons wrestling. It wasn't about Thunderfoot or the gladiators. It was about talking. That's how people got over. And this right now that we're seeing, and I'm telling everybody to go back and watch it with the sound up, listen to what he has to say. This is the reason that wrestling was wrestling right here. It was here. Talked, he talked you into the fucking building, man. Good, good shit, man. And I also need to uh, tip of the cap to Cody and, and Nick Aldis, too, because they had a great match. Did, have you seen it yet? Have you watched it? Um, Did you see the finish coming? Uh, yeah. You thought they were going to go with Aldis? Well, I was in a meeting. I didn't mean that. God damn. Oh, okay. Just pretend. Okay. Fuck. Okay. Uh, when I got there, did I see it coming? No, I didn't think they're that legitimately. I didn't think they were going to go with all this. It's so fun to me. Yeah. Well, I was in the meeting. So yes, I, I, wrestling is predetermined Conrad. And we had talked about it beforehand. So I could do my job effectively. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I don't know what you want me to say there. No, I mean, I if you were booking it, would you have had all this go over? No, no, I would not have. I think a lot of people are that way. I think a lot of people say, man, you know, Cody had so much momentum and blah, blah, blah. And I agree. However, the promoter in me does think, well, kind of sets up a rubber match if they ever needed one. Yeah. And, and, uh, you know, you've become a great promoter as we all know, and that may be a, a, a very good idea. There were, there have been people on, on, uh, Twitter. And my God, I'm back on it. What's wrong with me? There've been people on Twitter that have said that if, if Cody loses, he's going back to the WWE. I don't buy that. Do you? No, I don't buy that at all. I I do think if I was a promoter, I would try to put together the third and final match. And I know a lot of people say, oh, it's one apiece." but really Cody has two victories because he scored a pinfall in this match. And of course he won the first one and all in. Well, now Nick has two victories, both at the most recent show. Cause it was two out of three falls. So really we're at a best of five now. And I'd make the fifth one, a gimmick match. I'd kick it old school. I'd put them in a damn cage and let them get it, son. Well, that's probably what they're going to do old, old school. And I think they should, I, I'll go a step further. I think Cody should have been, and boy, Nick's a great performer. He really is. And such a great guy as well. I think that Cody should have retain the title and should be the guy that holds on to the NWA title for a long, long time. In, in fairness though, don't you sort of squash all this? If you do that, where Cody just beats him well, all in yeah. and then he comes back and beats him two out of three times. So then it's three, three pinfalls to one. Right. Yeah, I get it. I should never argue with the promoter. Uh, don't uh, get me uh, wrong. I, I think you could build a company around Cody. You know, I don't, I know a lot of people say that I'm a homer for saying that. I understand roll time. Uh, but I do think you could build a company around Cody. I think he could be one of your top guys. I mean, he's obviously 
a strong promo and presence and he has a good look and he's got the legacy and the heritage. And that's what NWA is all about. To me, he would be my flag bearer for the NWA for a long time. But I do think that a lot of the business is built on feuds and they're trying to create one now. And, you know, I don't know if this is the one people are going to remember, but it's certainly one to get us started with. Well, I, I know things have changed drastically since the days we're watching from 1987, but I always thought Cody being the NWA champion should be an NWA champion. In other words, why not have him show up on MLW sometime defending his NWA championship or have him go to the global force or have him go to ring of honor. And I don't know if the NWA plans their own show down the road, but why not do that? I, I don't know that you know this, but he's done that. He took it to the ring of honor and defended it there. He took it to championship wrestling from Florida and he wore it in Japan and he's defended the title and he's gotten it around. And here's what I like about the way Cody and Nick Aldis have presented themselves during their NWA run here. They're dressing like the horsemen here. They're wearing suits and carrying the belt, just like the good old days that we're watching here. Look at this shit. Look at what we're watching now. We got the Italian stallion and Todd champion. My God, who booked this shit? But see, again, it, it's, it's not about the matches, bud. It's about the dusty promo. It's about what we just heard from t- you sat there, not knowing this, what would happen in this match. You knew what was going on. You sit there, wait, I can't wait till flair comes out what he says or what dusty says when he comes out. And of course we've seen dusty already. So I just, it's, it's, uh, it's about. It's about the talking, man. It has to be about the talking, but why we would have meathead Gary Cortinelli with Todd champion, who by the way, Todd's blown up right now with 30 seconds in the match and he's puffing already. Uh, not his fault. He was put in that situation. Hmm. Wow. Drop kick. Holy shit. What's your favorite Italian stallion match? Uh, my favorite Italian, 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 Italian in a match, uh, was, uh, when he, uh, when he had his, uh, carpet cleaning company that he had in the, uh, the Charlotte area and he would wrestle, uh, to get the equipment out of the back of this little van and go in somebody's house and say, I'll do three, I'll do three rooms for $150 and then walk out with like $500 saying he had to do a little bit more than he thought. That was my favorite wrestling match. He did have a carpet cleaning company, by the way. I'm, that's no lie. I would have never let that motherfucker clean my carpets. Um, are you not the guy who also shits on the carpet? Well, well, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's funny. Ha ha. You're going to be old one day. No, no. I'm just saying yeah, you're, you're, shit on you're, the you're okay with just shitting on the carpet and leaving it. You're not going to let a buddy come use his service and clean it out. No, and I'm not, I'm not, not him. I'm going to. Get a, I'm going to get a reputable carpet cleaning. Why? Look at this power slam. Why? Everything I say. Oh, David Crockett and Tony Schiavone will be right back. I feel like you've taken 9,000 commercials in this show so far. And it's always with you just looking in the camera, very concerned and sort of squinting your eyes saying, we'll be right back. Yeah, I know. Uh, all right. Well, this is going to be embarrassing. Lex Luger and Rocky King. What's your favorite I, Rocky King match? I love Rocky King, man. No, you don't. I, oh yeah. Yeah. Rocky was a good guy. R- Rocky. Good guy, buddy. How about Teddy long here? Even sporting the Tony Schiavone mullet. 
What? Yeah. Teddy Long has got that hair dangling, touching the shoulders. And and Rocky King here is letting his soul flow. <laughs> Rocky was, man, we, uh, fans kind of got behind Rocky a little bit. I mean, he obviously wasn't uh, going to be a main eventer, but, uh, you know, he, he had a little bit of fire, a little bit of personality about him and phenomenal shape. Yeah, he was. I mean, that's what I'm saying is if you're going to have an enhancement, like this is a fine enhancement match to me. And I'm not a super fan of, of either guy. I'm just saying they both at least look like athletes. And that's the, uh, that's the prerequisite of having a good enhancement match. Having your opponent look I'm like just an saying athlete. you need to at least look like stars. WWE is running arena shows now that have giant production quality and they've got Hulk Hogan and the macho man in the ring and you've got Rocky King and Lex Luger in a goddamn TV studio. So whether well, there was a part of us that held on to the old school mentality. Yeah. Until it fucking drowned you. Right. Exactly. You're right. I mean, it's easy to go back and look at it now, but here's what I'm saying. They were doing enhancement matches and promos. They're doing the exact same thing on the other channel, except they're just presenting it differently. Right. And not, not just in the arena and the lighting and all that, but just who they're choosing. Like they've got guys who look like stars out there. You guys had the mod squad and the fucking Italian stallion and you're defending it. You're like, yeah, I'd have him on my TV, but he couldn't clean my carpets. What the fuck? He should have been cleaning carpets and get off the fucking TV. Well, there it is. Total package, Lex Luger, rack, Rocky King. The good news about all of this is, and as you can tell now is that the matches were short and the interviews were long. And that was a good thing about what we did. Yeah. Thank God. We didn't have a long Lex Luger match. Hey, so here's something I always found fascinating. Lex Luger is always quick to hand over that belt just so he can pose a little more. Look at this oh. mustache, dude. It's fucking wonky. You got that hashtag wonky stash. Huh. All right. Time out. We got to take a break right now. I want to brag on something that I did to save some money. And you know, I love saving money. Well, how about this? I found out that there was, uh, well, a lot of waste in my household. We signed up for a lot of stuff we never used once we went back to work. Remember at the start of the pandemic, man, we all signed up for like every streaming service in the world. I used to tell my wife, I feel like we've reached the end of TV. Well, it turns out that once we got going again, we don't watch or listen to any of that stuff anymore. So I signed up for something pretty cool. It used to be known as True Bill, and now it's Rocket Money. Let me explain. I was wasting money and I didn't even know it. Are you wasting money on subscriptions? Well, it turns out like 80% of people have subscriptions they just forgot about. Maybe for you, it's like an unused Amazon Prime account or a Hulu account that never gets streamed. Well, there's this great app that helps me keep track of it all. Every one of my expenses like that. And because of it, I'm no longer wasting money on subscriptions. I don't even use now we're talking about rocket money and I can't recommend it enough. This app shows you all of your subscriptions in one place and it cancels what you don't want for you. Rocket money can even find subscriptions. You didn't even know you were paying for. You may even find out that you've been double charged for a subscription. And that was our circumstance. My wife signed up on her card. I signed up on mine. We were just using one account. We were paying twice for the same doggone thing. Now to cancel a subscription, all you have to do is press cancel. That's it. Rocket money takes care of the rest. Cancel unnecessary subscriptions with rocket money today. Go to rocketmoney.com slash WHW. Seriously, it can save you hundreds of dollars per year. 
That's rocketmoney.com slash WHW. This is Rick. <laughs> You're looking for shit. You know, you're looking for shit to pick on me about. You are. Am, am I wrong or did J.J. Dillon just have one jacket that he wore for TV and arena shows as well, apparently? Well, you had that one double-breasted thing you wore for 112 nitros. Which was damn good looking, by the way. No, it wasn't. There's our buddy Tommy Young in there. Can I ask you something? You you may know this, and I don't. I'm, and I should never ask you this, uh, but were you... Uh, <clears throat> Are double-breasted jackets out of style now? Yeah. They are? Yeah. Okay. Because I think I've still got a couple double-breasted jackets here. You know, I've lost some weight. I was thinking, I could probably fit into those right now. Maybe I should wear them. Oh, no, you should, because for you, it would be nostalgia. Yeah. Okay. People want to see you with that and those Hawaiian shirts like you wore at TNA that you wore on Patron a few weeks ago. Yeah, so so here are the Nature Boy, Rick Flair, and gorgeous Jimmy Garvin going at it, and Here's one of the amazing things about what we were doing here. We were actually showing a lot of blood on TV, which was kind of uncharacteristic of what we were doing. And, uh, by the way, you know, why is Jimmy jam overlooked when they talk about great wrestlers? Yeah. I mean, I feel like people just look at him and they remember his Freebird stuff, but you look at some of his earlier stuff. He was fucking good, man. Oh, I, I agree. I, 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 he was. I know somebody's going to hear that and criticize and say, oh, he had a bad match against so-and-so. I'm just saying as a character, as a presence, as charisma, as just getting the crowd into it. I mean, he knew, he knew the gimmicks in the business and how to make it work. And I, I never really understood why people shit on him. Yeah. And you know, I did a lot of promos with Jimmy in the back, uh, in as we call it in the back at Crockett promotions. Held the microphone for him many times. He could cut a great promo as a heel or a baby face. And, you know, he kind of became a baby face at this time. And the Crockett's gave him a, a shot here at, you know, going to wrestling in the main event against the nature boy, Ric Flair. And of course the angle here now is as, as you may know, Ric Flair, uh, wanting to, uh, have a date with precious or wanting to take precious away from Jimmy Garvin. So it was kind of. It was kind of a natural angle that the fact that Flair was a ladies' man. Look at that back body drop. Flair was a ladies' man, and Precious was was beautiful. And he's calling for JJ. Got a two count that time out of it. Yes, sir. Flair bleeding profusely. We're going to see some of the spots that made Ric Flair who he was. Look how boy. He, he would get the blood, wouldn't he? My God. Yeah. We actually, uh, I guess I should tell you this. I don't know that we've talked about it, but I should tell you before it, uh, gets to that time. Our podcast yeah. was a subject conversation at the wedding. Oh, it was. And, uh, especially the night before. Uh, huh. Well, my father-in-law got up to do a toast at the reception or the, uh, uh, rehearsal dinner. Right. And of course, uh, as they said, wrestling, he was putting things over. Uh-huh. And so he's doing that with everybody. But when he gets to me in the middle of running through all the pros, he can't help, but throw in one con. What? 
I wish you wouldn't talk about me so much on Shivani's podcast, but other than that, did he really say that? And not just there, but then the oh. next day, two other times. I heard it three times in two days. Wow. So oh, here's wow. Oh God. Here's Ronnie Garvin making his way in, of course, now. And of course, Ronnie Garvin and the nature boy, Rick Flair had quite a run as well. And of course the, the, the thing here was that, that Jimmy Garvin had, a, Jimmy Garvin had a legitimately bad left knee. So they kind of worked on that, uh, and, uh, made that into a storyline here, which was pretty good storyline. He, he tried to leapfrog Rick Flair. He landed on his knee wrong and, and Flair took over the match. So that's what went on there. Wow. I'm, I'm, I'm amazed that, uh, my podcast came up at your wedding in the, uh, yeah, it's a, you know, I didn't have to tell you that cause you weren't here. So it didn't really happen, but well, it's a, it's a pretty good story and I appreciate, uh, Ric Flair, uh, remembering me normally when my podcast comes up in conversation around you, it is hey Conrad really like, uh, something to wrestle with Bruce Pritchard really enjoy 83 weeks and that shit show you and Shivani do. That's all right too. No, in fairness. Um, we're the little engine that could here on this show because people who listen to all three of my podcasts routinely say this is the best one. Oh, but you know why that is because we're, uh, we're buddies. Well, we used to be, yeah, no, we're good friends. We get along. We Mm, like, I don't know about that. We enjoy each other's company. Things have changed. We're just stop. We're just. Sitting down, two old pals, longtime close personal friends, and watching a wrestling match together, and commentating on the wrestling match together, and checking out women like Precious there, who was always all the way live, as well. And uh, so that's why people like our podcast. We're just likable guys, you and me, Conrad. Likable guys, you know. I was, uh, I went to see my sister, of course, uh, recently. And she says, uh, Hey, that Conrad fella, uh, who was at the wedding at your, I said, I didn't go to his wedding. She said, no, no, no. I'm talking about when he was at your daughter's wedding. And I, she said, you didn't go to his wedding. I said, no, I was, well, anyway, she said, I like him. He's a likable guy. I said, yeah, he is. Jimmy Garvin couldn't get him up there for a vertical suplex because his knee gave out. And there's the storyline right there. By the way, um, I started to say mutual friend of ours, but I don't think you know him. A wrestling personality recently told me that I had replaced Billy Kidman. <laughs> As what? As the guy, the gorilla position and NXT, what? The guy who had outkicked his coverage the most. <laughs> like the best example used to be Billy Kidman and Tori Wilson. But now yeah, it was me and Mrs. Thompson. Yeah, that's that's some validity to that. It really, really is. How is Mrs. Thompson, by the way? She she's doing good. She's great. A little sore, but great. Tony, you still there? We're on patrol, and it's fine. Nobody's gonna tell her. 
<laughs> okay. Oh, God. I'm glad I wasn't taking a sip of a drink at that time. I would have choked for a third time. Oh, my God. Well, where are we here in the show? Uh, look, Klondike Bill. Klondike Bill is going to unlock the cage. And look at her. Boy, he's probably saying, yeah, baby, you can crawl up my ass anytime you want. Look, Klondike Bill was saying. So, Jimmy, oh, my God, Ric Flair. Oh, Ronnie Garvin knocked him out of his ass. <laughs> can I, uh, I found a, a, I discovered a story uh, this week about uh, Ronnie Garvin and Miss Atlanta Lively that I will, uh, when we get to the, I, I guess it's going to be next week's show, but um, when Ronnie Garvin, uh, who told me this story? It was somebody. Uh, here we go. Uh, I guess this is going to be the great mannequin scene. Uh, now Flair was, Flair was, was so fired up during this one. And just to let you know that when this finally all went down, Flair went in the back and everybody was like laughing. Some people were laughing so hard. They were crying. Flair was like, God, that may have been one of the craziest things I've ever done. And I've said, bull fucking shit. <laughs> You've done crazier shit. Just not in front of the camera. Just not in front of the camera. Right. Uh, and this would lead to him having a date with apparently pre supposedly he wins the match. I believe the storyline goes by winning the match. He gets a date with precious. And so now he's all excited about the date with precious. Uh, and I'm trying to remember who told me the story, but, uh, so Ronnie Garvin dresses up as Miss Atlanta Lively, you know, and, and he's in the locker room, right? And he's in the locker room as Miss Atlanta Lively, and he's got the bra on and everything, and and got the, the the hair on and the dress. And the barbarian sees him from the other side. He says, "Ooh, who's that young lady over there? She looked good." <laughs> and someone said, "Someone said that's Ronnie Garvin," and the barbarian apparently said. She still looked good. <laughs> All right, here we go. Look at this. He's and look and they. One of the things that people have always asked me: How did you keep a straight face when you were with Ric Flair? Well, here, I didn't keep much of a straight face here. I, I, it's really hard to believe this is real life. What we're looking See? at right now. I know he's talking to her. I mean, and this he, is. Like she's got see-through top on, by the way, uh, tell the truth. How many times did look, it's going to fuck. Oh my God. He's making out with the fucking mannequin. I'm going to call that son of a bitch. As soon as we're off the air here, <laughs> look at the girls. Let's say, oh my God, he's going to fondle. He just grabbed her boob and almost oh. pulled it down. Oh, he got panties. He took her pay. He took the panties off of the mannequin. Oh, this is crazier than I fucking thought. Oh, no, don't do that, please. Please. Oh, my God. <laughs> is this the original, like, sex doll that he's playing with here? Yeah, I, I think so. That's what, that's, what, that's what Adam said to us. He said, I think it was the original sex doll. Oh, my God. I love that the cameraman is zooming in on her face. 
kissed her again. And she she's really looking at him like, who's this crazy fucker with me? <laughs> so there was, there was that crazy fucking scene with the nature boy, Ric Flair. God, he fondled her boob. He kissed her a couple of times and took off her undies. Well, who's wrestling here? Uh, this is El Negro and Ron Garvin. So Ron, just going to knock him out. Let's see who. Well, who, this is a big guy, man. Holy shit. Almost looks like big cat or any lad in a way. Wow. So anyway, it, it's worth watching for all of our, our friends on uh, Patreon. It's worth uh, watching the NWA World Championship Wrestling from the very next week on July 25th, because that's when they do the, the date with Precious. Uh, and that's pretty hysterical as well. So it's worth watching that. Wow. Yeah, they're not going to take Ronnie long. Kaboom! Down he goes. Down goes El Negro, and Ronnie Garvin is your winner. If Ronnie Garvin was a cartoon character, would he be Bam Bam from the Flintstones? I think that would be a very good one to be. Whoa! You know, Ronnie, uh, Ronnie wasn't too good at working that punch either. You know that, don't you? No, he never hit me. I didn't know that. Uh, yeah, he wasn't too good at working that punch. Anybody that worked with him could tell you. So now here's serious business, right? Gorgeous Jimmy Garvin lost the match. Gorgeous Jimmy Garvin and knows that Precious has to go on the date with the nature boy, Ric Flair. Hmm. And it would have concerned me too, because Flair had the babies on. Uh, that would have concerned me. But... Uh, the fact is that in the storyline, as the storyline goes, Ronnie Garvin's going to dress up and be Miss Atlanta Lively, which will end up being, I believe, uh, I believe the the tag team partner Jimmy Valiant at one time. Didn't Jimmy Valiant and Miss Atlanta Lively team up together, if I recall? Hey, you know, uh, I, I say this all the time. I don't remember this, and I don't remember that. I don't recall. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Okay. Do you know who recalls everything? Bruce Pritchard. Well, maybe. I'm sure the things that he don't recall, he lies about. But you know who recalls everything? Dick Jim Bourne. Cornette. Who? Jim Cornette. Oh, yeah. I, it's it's, it's unbelievable. It blew me away. But do you, know, do you know why that is, though? Why? Th two, three reasons. Okay. One, wrestling was his first love. Okay. Two... He never drank or did drugs. Okay. Well, all right. Three, he never Shivanied. Well, that's he, why he's who he is. Yeah. He never Shivanied. I mean, I yeah. was told at the NWA 70th anniversary, he had the longest line. Yeah. That's what I heard too. A fan, one of the fans handed him a picture and, uh, Jim went, Oh my God. And the fan said, this was from. Uh, like Jackson, Mississippi, 1970s or 1978. You know what he said? What? He said, we wrestled the road warriors that, that time and won by disqualification. He, he, he knew the, he knew the match. He knew he was, they were wrestling and everybody. And he said, I remember all this stuff. Nothing slips. And it's, it, it's amazing. And it really is amazing. He probably remembered what the house was, how much he got paid, yeah. what hotel he stayed at. Yeah. All that stuff. All that stuff. And he was going to give me one of his hamburger towels. Yeah. The burger towels, the burger towel. Right. 
You know, we, we joked here on the show that we were going to sell sandwich rags. Sandwich rags. Well, cause I mean, he sells burger tiles. We're going to rip him off. Right. Right. So we'll do sandwich rags. It wouldn't be like us to rip off anybody. Would it? I mean, it's really, it's really all we've done. (laughs) So that's the end of our show. And, uh, we appreciate, uh, we appreciate everybody. Um, especially Adam DeMoy who said, uh, oh, by the way, is I think he's going to come to the, uh, come to the Nashville show. And, uh, Adam said, Flair promo kissing a Sears mannequin that looks like precious prelude to the modern day sex dolls of today, I guess. And Adam, you were right. Thank you for being with us here on Patreon. And thank you for having us go back and relive it. If if nothing else to relive Flair making out and fondling a mannequin. My God, you didn't get that everywhere. Well, you did. You just had to live in Charlotte. Yes. Had to live in Charlotte. And just as I'm, I don't know, were you thinking as his lips touched the lips of the mannequin, were you thinking, Oh my God, that's my family. Nope. Or, Oh my God, I'm in that family right now. Nope. You should have been. Cause that's what I was thinking. I don't know why you're thinking about my family. You didn't even think enough of us to come over. So when I look at my clock, I was like, it's about that time. It is about that time here on Patreon. We appreciate everybody. Adam, we appreciate you, even though you're a Florida Gator fuck. We appreciate you being around and being with us. And I would also like, of course, that may be the wrong Adam. Maybe it's not Adam. I, I believe it's the same Adam. I would also like to say that coming up next week here on What Happened When, we will have another, another bonus episode. And this one is going to go back and watch WWF Wrestling Challenge. We're desperately out of time for my good longtime close personal friend, Conrad Thompson who I'm very, very sorry I missed the wedding for. I'm Tony Schiavone. See you next week on What Happened When on Patron. All right, Tony, I got a reminder for everybody. Cold turkey might be great on sandwiches. Actually, it is. But there is a better way to break your bad habits. Now, we're not talking about some sort of weird mind voodoo from your crazy neighbor or somebody who eats parking lot panties like our pal Klondike Bill. We're talking about our sponsor, Fume. And you see, they look at the problem in a different way. You know, not everything in a bad habit is wrong. So instead of a drastic, uncomfortable change, why not just remove the bad from your habit? Well, Fume is an innovative, award-nominated device that does just that. Instead of electronics, Fume is completely natural. Instead of vapor, Fume uses flavored air. And instead of harmful chemicals, Fume uses all natural, delicious flavors. You get it. Instead of bad, Fume is good. It's a habit you're free to enjoy, and it makes replacing your bad habit easy. Your Fume comes with an adjustable airflow dial, and it's designed with movable parts and magnets for your fidgeting, giving your fingers a lot to do, which is helpful for de-stressing and anxiety when you're breaking your bad habit. And I have to admit, I wasn't too sure about this, but my wife... Man, she absolutely loved the taste. The very first time she tried it, she told me it was much more flavorful than she thought, and it feels very fresh. They've got a ton of great flavors. Her favorite, hands down, is crisp mint. I recommend you check that one out. She also tells me it's well-weighted, perfectly balanced, and it's just fun to fidget with. Gives her something to do with her hands, like Ricky Bobby and Talladega Nights, right? It's also pretty cool to look at. It's beautiful, real wood. It's got a fun shape. I don't know, man. It's just a cool vibe. 
But here's the deal. Stopping is something we all put off because it's hard. But switching to Fume is easy, enjoyable, and even fun. Fume has over 100,000 customers and thousands of success stories, and there's no reason that can't be you too. Join Fume and Accelerating Humanity's Breakup from Destructive Habits by picking up the Journey Pack today. Head to tryfume.com and use the code WHW to save 10% off when you get the Journey Pack today. That's tryfum.com and use the code WHW and you'll save an additional 10% off your order today. Head right now to tryfume.com slash WHW and use the code WHW to save an additional 10% off your order today. Hey, hey, it's Conrad Thompson and you are in for a special treat today because it's what happened when bonus time on Patron and Tony, we're doing something we never do. We're posting a link in the description. Don't tell your friends you get to do a little watch along with us. And it's not on the WWE network because somebody requested that we watch the wrestling challenge from July 16th, 1989. That's right. A WWF show that Tony was there for. So if you haven't already find the link here in the description, go ahead and fire that up. Press mute and Tony, give us a countdown. My friend. Before I do that, let me say very briefly thanks to Chris Ivarone, uh, who said that I picked this episode of Wrestling Challenge from July 16th for several reasons. First, Conrad's favorite, Brutus the F and Barbara Beefcake, opens the show. Special report with your buddy, Lord Alfred Hayes, talking about Rugged Ronnie Garvin's status as a referee, I think. And the Brain Busters made an appearance. But the two main reasons, it's Bobby and Gorilla arguing about you taking Heenan's job from the onset. And that is the storyline that goes throughout the show towards the end. Heenan is shown with you guys leaving for good. So there it is. Thank you very much, Chris. We appreciate you being out there, buddy. And now, if you're with us on Daily Motion, you got the link. Here we go in three, two, play. Cool. And there you take a look. Isn't that and this is why this is why they were they, we at that time, were better than the and of course, now we're welcoming in uh, the. This is something they did a lot too to try to appease uh, the general managers of the building. Joe D'Angelo, who was the uh, general manager of the uh, Niagara Falls Civic Center. Take a look at the shot. This shot is done, by the way, on a green screen. And the camera movement and everything that they shoot, the camera movement and everything at the arena, uh, and it's put on a green screen. And now Heenan and arguing with uh, Gorilla about me being a part of this. And there is, <laughs> take a look at some of these guys wrestling for the, the WWF back then. This was the great days, Conrad. I was so happy back then. There's the Rougeos, Ravishing Rick Rude, and of course Hulk Hogan. And then Hulk Hogan with a big punch. And welcome to Wrestling Challenge. Man, this production compared to some of the Crockett and well, I guess that's NWA at this time, right off the charts. The difference, is it not? Oh, it is. And it's why this is the reason the production is the reason Vince was where he was. And the Crockett's was were where they were because, uh, again, television general managers and television program directors would take a look at this show and say, I want this show on my television station. It looks better. I mean, compared you, you would put this on your television program, and this was the number two show for the WWF. 
The number, oh, there's your buddy. Take a look, buddy. Brutus the effing barber beefcake. Why did I say effing? Brutus the fucking barber beefcake. By the way, uh, but, I don't know that I ever told you this, but, you know, we covered him on something to wrestle with Bruce yeah. Pritchard, and we sold more books for him than any other th- piece of advertising or marketing or co-branding or any other podcast or appearance he'd made. And as a token of his gratitude, he sent me an eight by 10 of him that was autographed Brutus, the fucking barber beefcake hashtag BTFBB. But he even found the old, like, um, foam fingers, but they made foam hedge clippers that had the stripes on the bottom. And they said, Brutus the Barber Beefcake. And when you open them up on the inside, he signed it in Sharpie. Brutus the fucking Barber Beefcake. Ah, that's tremendous. That is tremendous. And here is Ed Leslie. As a matter of fact, you can uh, go back and look on uh, the WWE Network and take a look at some of the old stuff back from the uh, AWA days that they have on there. And Ed Leslie is wrestling in there. Very young. Uh, look at this picture. Now, what is the difference? We we last week we talked about the job guys that were on uh, Turner. What's the difference between the job guys on Turner and the job guys here? Nothing much. Well, I'm talking about the talent. Like you're gonna tell me Bruce doesn't look better than the Mod Squad did? No. Okay, I I got you. I got you. But again, again, this was the number two show, uh, and uh, the superstars being number one, and this this production was sensational. And they took a long, you know, they would go out, we would go out and tape about a month's worth of stuff and go back and Kevin Dunn would go and edit one and sweeten it with, and, and edit it down. It all looked great. It was a great looking TV show. I miss these days, man. Well, are you saying MLW is not a great looking TV show? It is. No. I, okay. I'm, I'm just, oh, here's what I'm doing. I'm, I know you're trying to cause shit with me again, as always. But what I'm, what I'm talking about here, and again, Chris, thanks for uh, uh, the show, uh, suggesting the show is our bonus show. Uh, again, we're watching Wrestling Challenge from 1989. Uh, what I'm saying here is that I compare it to what's going on now in the WWF or the WWE, if you will. I, you, uh, you recently told everybody your stance on gun control randomly for no fucking reason. Do you want to make any other political statements right now? No, I'm not making any political statements right now. And that stance on gun control was edited out. So there you go, fucker. No one heard it. <laughs> I don't think he got as much as you think he did. Oh, really? Yeah. You left some in there. Okay. So well, there's my buddy, the one and only Lord Alfred Hayes. Hey, whenever he comes up, Bruce Pritchard always says whale rope. What does that mean? He had a big, big penis. What? How many minutes into this show? When I look down, I think we're six minutes and 28 seconds. You're already talking about penis. Tony Schiavone. You're the one that set me up there. Fucker. What are you talking about? I I was asking about Lord Alfred Hayes. And the first thing you said is big penis. Yeah. Or Dino Bravo and Ronnie Garvin is the special referee. Unbelievable. A rugged Ronnie. I don't know. Did you ever hear anything about Dino Bravo's penis? Nope. But I, I don't even know where we're going with this. Did it have a French accent? No, but Did it had it a couple holes at the end. Okay. <sighs> Did you just make an assassination joke? No. Don't you dare. 
Are, don't you dare. Wait a minute. Did the head of his penis go back and to the left? Don't you act back like, to the left? Don't you act like to me that you're offended by any of this shit? I'm making don't. JFK references about his penis head now. You're going. Oh. Well, no, oh. I, I'm just. I'm, I didn't think you had that in you. I didn't think oh. you were capable of being funny. If I'm honest with you. Oh, pick up at a side. Pick up by Dino Bravo. Oh boy. And he's so that we're getting an angle here between Bravo and, uh, rugged Ronnie Garvin. Oh, Ronnie, did, did I tell you that, um, I booked your vacation for you? You did? Yeah. You and Lois are going on vacation. Oh, really? We're going to like, uh, I don't know. We're going to like Vegas or maybe we're going to Scotland overseas. Nope. You're going to Mexico. We, <laughs> you ain't getting Lois Shivani in Mexico, buddy. No, well, you don't know where in Mexico we're going. Okay. Where are we going in Mexico? It's a surprise. Okay. Well, it, we, we're going to have to tell her we're going to, we'll be going to the mountains of uh, North Carolina or she won't go. You don't think she'll think it's a little funny when you tell her to bring her passport. Uh, she doesn't have a passport. Look at rugged Ronnie Garvin and Dino Bravo going at it. Well, she needs to get a passport. What's the problem? How, how are you planning on taking her to Scotland? She ain't got no passport. Well, we're going to, we're going to get her one eventually. What's, what's the special occasion? How many people in the ring are dead right now? Oh my God. I don't know. Uh, Bravo. And there's Joey Morella. Yeah, what do you think? Jimmy Hart's yelling right now. Uh, it could come to the tiki bar, baby. Darling. Darling. We got the Sunday ticket. We got all the games, baby. Come on now. We got beans and taters too. Yeah. Can you uh, imagine trying to get over? Adino Bravo, Ronnie Garvin feud. Like, oh my seriously, God. I'm not saying this to be funny. Yeah. Do you think Vince McMahon, look at this motherfucker. The great you Jack Tunney. Yeah, I like, I like Jack a lot. Tell me what the fuck he did. He was, he was a, he was a, a promoter from up in uh, Canada is what he was. No, I know that, but I'm saying, why did you like him? That's what I'm getting like. Nobody ever has a fun Jack Tony story. You got fun Jack Tony stories. Oh, I don't have anything fun to say about him. I always got along with Jack Tony. I really did. I liked him and maybe I didn't work with him close enough to dislike him. I don't know, but I like Jack. Jack was a good guy. All the, all those guys from Canada were good guys. What about Dino Bravo? You're just making fun of his assassination. He's from Canada. Well, I was just having some fun with it and I can now have fun with it 30 years after the fact. Take a look at these two guys. Would you? Wow. Yeah. Gary Wolf and Tony Durant. By the way, these are, I can't believe you don't even remember this. This is awesome. You saw them in our first ECW episode when I made you watch barely legal. Those are the pit bulls. Those are the pit bulls. They, those are the pit bulls. You may remember that one had a halo. Right. And the other wrestled Shane, uh, not Shane McMahon, Shane Douglas. And that's where you first fell in love with Francine. Those are the pit bulls before they shaved their head and got on the gas all the way. Wow. How about that? Well, I'm glad they had, I'm glad they had a pretty good run. How about so, that? Th this is fascinating to me. Let's just to go down the rabbit hole for a minute. Just a all couple right. segments into the show. And so far we've seen former NWA world champion, Ronnie Garvin. We've right. also got tag team champions, the brain busters. Half of the four horsemen, Tully Blanchard and Arn Anderson, founding members of the horsemen. Right. You're on commentary. This feels like they're on an incredible tear of signing Crockett talent 
And some of the signings I think were because they saw something in them. A good example might be the big boss man, because he really wasn't much for you guys in Crockett. It's just big Bubba Rogers. They turned him into something that he would be known for, for the rest of his career. Right. But you get other guys who were signed and it does feel like he was signing Vince was signing them just to take them away from Crockett. Like Ron Garvin, he was not doing anything with it. You're the NWA world champion. And now you're feuding with Dino Bravo. He didn't see you as a champion. He just wanted to make sure he got another one, right? Exactly. Did you ever consider that maybe that's why you were hired? Yeah, I, I thought about that because I had done a lot of the voiceover work. Uh, there's the little flying interviews that they did. And I always thought they, they worked very, very well. I, uh, think, I think that was better the way they just did that than the old standups with you guys for guys who couldn't really talk guys like Arn and Tully, you could give them several minutes and they could make it entertaining. But if you had a guy who really struggled putting him on live TV in front of a live mic, it might not be great, but if you could just do a fly in and just show a few seconds of what was good, that's ideal. Is it not? Yeah, of course it is. Uh, uh, back to your thing about, uh, why they signed me. I, I often thought that, that, you know, I, I had had a lot of exposure with, with, uh, with, uh, Crockett and the NWA and they wanted to take away one of their voices. But when I met with Vince, I don't know what Bruce Pritchard told you, but when I oh, look at that, uh, double team move, when I met with Vince, Vince said that he is looking for someone to replace him as an announcer because he thought it was time that he stepped aside. Now, the company's getting too big, and he didn't need to be an announcer anymore. And he wanted that person to be me. That's what he told me. And we went to our first TV taping. Well, I remember going to the first TV taping, and Vince said to me, he said something like, well, I'm doing it now, but you're going to be doing it soon. And then somewhere between that time and the time that I left, he lost confidence in me as an announcer. So I don't know if he was bullshitting me back then or not. And he never did like me from the get-go. I don't know if that was it or not, but somewhere I lost his confidence. So there. And there's a guy who never lost any confidence. Sean Mooney, who here in 1989 looks just like he does in 2018. He hasn't changed much, has he? And let me just tell you too. I think Tony Schiavone is probably the most underutilized guy in wrestling right now. Like right now in, in 2018. Yeah. All right. Here you go. Ariba. You got a good Tito promo in you? Let's hear it. Oh, I don't have a good Tito promo. Dave Silva, I know you are the only young man at home who wants the Tito Santana action figure. And I want to say to you, Ariba, I would say it in Spanish, but Tony Schiavone will not let me. He is here producing promos because Bruce Pritchard, who is supposed to be here, is out back getting high. And it's not with my Mexican weed. No, it's with Pat Patterson's French weed. I don't know why he keeps talking about, well, you know what he's talking about. I can't talk about it because you're not allowed to talk about that around here. I will say this. I didn't have to smell any feet to get here, but I'm not putting a lot of feets in faces. I'm throwing the burrito. Arriba. Now that's Tito Santana, who, as he said, Bruce Pritchard was out back puffing on Pat Patterson's weed. Uh, the fact is uh, here, as we continue here with our uh, live report, we're going to take a look at another WWF superstar standing by. Let's hear from him right now. I'm not doing bad news. This one's on you. (laughs) That's right, motherfucker. I'm bad news motherfucking Brown, motherfucker. And I can get away with saying motherfucker on TV because nobody going to fuck with me 
motherfucker. That's right. I'm just a rap song, Bad News Brown. And I need to ask you guys, am I still alive here? I need to ask Conrad, am I still alive in 2018? No, you're dead. You're dead? Okay, then we can really fuck with him now since he's dead, motherfucker. That's right. I wasn't motherfucking over, but I was a motherfucker. Motherfucker. I'm going to say motherfucker and keep saying motherfucker until you're motherfucking off of me. As you can see, my eyes are looking to the left, so I'm looking for a motherfucking countdown. Motherfucker. Did you ever hear about the time that Andre the Giant took a giant shit on him? No. Yeah, they, on- were, they were in a match, All right. and Andre got the diarrheas. And yeah. he was doing the whole, I'm going to sit on your chest spot. Right. And he shitted. Wow. That's, that's a true story. Yeah. Good God. So it kind of came out of his asshole. Came, yeah. Dude who comes out of assholes. Tony. I know dude who comes out of assholes, but I was saying it kind of like what Ric Flair did. When he shit, no every- flair, just shit in his drawers and it, it, they, it maintained it, he had a doo-doo stain. Oh, this was doo-doo on black, uh, on <laughs> bad news. Brown. Can you imagine how much waste Andre the giant made? And you're asking, could it all be contained inside of the tights? No. Wow. It was a massive amount of liquid shit. Wow. They were, they did a good job of, of showing the merchandise and putting it out there. I saw Bruce Pritchard. Hey, let me ask you, uh, yeah. what was your favorite re- or your first rather wrestling action figure? My first wrestling action figure. Yes. <sighs> Probably Hulk Hogan. Was it an LJN or a Hasbro? It was an LJN. I think. Okay. So it was the big one that like didn't move. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Exactly. Just, just like the real Hulk Hogan. <laughs> right. Hey, Jimmy Snuka was tremendous and he was, uh, really here in 1989 on his way back. I, re- I remember, and this may have been during, uh, during this show, or it may have been during this year. And, and Vince made the announcement during the meeting. He says, returning to us is one of the guys who is maybe one of the greatest baby faces we've ever had here. And that is super fly. Jimmy Snooker. Look at the flying in the magazine, promoting the magazine. You no, know, I, can I take some credit here? Yeah. They did that in the WWF. We never did it in WCW until I got there and said, you know what? We need to promote our magazine. So we started doing it and it was, it was so simple. Why didn't we do it in WC? Why didn't the NWA do shit like that? They had a magazine. They did. I wrote for it. Why didn't that they promote it on the show? I think. You know, people Shivaniing was just running rampant. I know, buddy. But in 1989 and 1990, I wasn't Shivaniing, buddy. I was in the mix. I came up with all these Bruce Pritchard type ideas that I didn't want to take credit for, and Bruce takes credit for all of them. But I often said, I said, watch their show. Watch what they do. They do the fly in interviews, they do fly ins where they promote, and I say it, they promote, uh, they promote their magazine. They do it at, at a right time. If Jimmy Snook is wrestling, they may promote a Jimmy Snook of story. Here we go. This is the highlight of the whole match. Snook here well past his prime in 1989, but the fans are still going to get up for this. This is when I was first introduced to Snook in 1989 moves like this flash bulbs going off and they're trying to put it over as a really big move. And they convinced me at home, but looking back, not nearly as big of a move as you may have wanted, but certainly 
a big high spot for 1989. Well, I can, my first uh, recollection of Jimmy Snooker was Roanoke Civic Center on a Sunday afternoon, and he wrestled Ric Flair. He first came into uh, to Mid-Atlantic Championship Wrestling. We're talking about the mid to late 70s, and he did that flying move, and he beat Flair in like five minutes, and he just, but the move was spectacular in my mind. I don't know, watching it there, I don't know if it was that spectacular or not. But, well, of course, we're heading to SummerSlam here now, as you know. Uh, and, of course, that means uh, we've got the Macho Man Randy Savage. Look at Jim McPherson. The Macho Man Randy Savage and Zeus going up against uh, Hulk Hogan and Brother Brudai. Our next partner is AG1, the daily foundational nutritional supplements that supports whole body health. I drink it literally every day and I gave it a try because my wife knew that if I was going to do it and then it actually tastes good, I was not a fan of taking pills and vitamins. And I started doing AG one, just one scoop every morning. My wife does it before she uh, makes her coffee and man, it just makes me feel sharper throughout the rest of the day. And I drank it and I made it a daily habit. And since I've been drinking it, I can tell you that I'm sleeping better. I feel like I've got more clarity. I feel like I'm more effective at work and covering my nutritional basis for the day. Literally just couldn't be any easier. That's why we trust AG one. We just mix one small scoop and a cup of water and that's it. Every morning we're done. I also want to point out that it's very affordable. It's like, um, your daily nutritional insurance, if you will, it's going to improve your digestion. You're going to see more sustained energy. You're going to have better mental clarity and focus. It just checks all the boxes. And uh, we should also mention that a comprehensive solution is what you need from your supplement routine. And that's why we recommend you try AG one and get a free one year supply of vitamin D and five free AG one travel packs with your first purchase. Go right now to drinkag1.com slash WHW. That's drinkag1.com slash WHW. Check it out. Drinkag1.com slash WHW. And look who's coming to the ring. Wow. My buddy Cole Kublik, who you recently met at a football game, his favorite wrestler, Andre the Giant. And I would argue one of the most underrated of all time. Ravishing Rick Rude. Yeah, I agree with that. I Rick Rude would have been a guy who could have been a good, uh, and of course he was a world champion, but could have been a good, back in the old days, NWA world champion. So, you know, one of the things that uh, we haven't talked about here on the show, and I just want to get your opinion on, because everybody's got one. Yeah. Well, go ahead. Let you do this Ravishing Rick Rude promo. Okay. Cut the music. I want all of you motherfuckers from Huntsville, Alabama, from Boaz and from all points in between to take the meth out of your mouth, put your false teeth back in and take a look at what a real man looks like. Now hit my music. Something to that effect. Quite the gimmick, my friend, quite the gimmick. It really was. Wow. 
Not only that, he could talk. He, he, he could do it. He could do a lot of things. Now, you know, they were using Heenan a lot as a manager here as well. And, uh, you know, Andre the Giant was in Heenan's camp. And this was some uh, pretty good stuff. So what were you saying? What were you getting into here? I want to talk to you a little bit about the, uh, the new NWA national title, which has been a source of controversy. Of course, they're, uh, going for the look of the old mid Atlantic United States championship, right? With the red gator strap and the main plate shaped like the United States, but a lot of people didn't really dig it and didn't understand why they didn't make it look like the old national title. What say you? No, I, I love, well, of course I'm coming again. I'm coming from the fact that I'm a mid Atlantic type guy. We've talked about a lot on our podcast, our regular podcast at what's the, what's the best belt that you like your favorite belt. My favorite belt was the old U S title on the red strap. Really? That's my favorite belt. Oh yeah. That's my favorite belt of all time. Well, what did you think of them bringing it back? I absolutely loved it. Absolutely loved it. Uh, and, uh, you know, couldn't bring back the U S heavyweight championship. I understand that because the WWE owns it now. So they brought back probably the next best thing. The national heavyweight championship was Georgia championship wrestling's premier title. Right. And so they brought that back and think about some of the guys who were national heavyweight champion, like Paul Orndorff, many times, Tommy rich, buzz Sawyer, you know, a lot of the guys that was always the, the number one belt in the Georgia area. So I like that. Uh, Willie Mack won the, uh, the national heavyweight championship. Willie's a good guy. I'm glad he won it. I'm glad they put it on him. Uh, and I love the belt. Now you're a belt aficionado. Uh, wait a minute. I, I, I guess we're going to, uh, is, is she going to get a Rick rude kiss? Oh my God. Laying an owner, laying her down, son. Ooh. That was like me on my honeymoon right there. <laughs> well, I bet it was, man. Did you, did you do that dance too? Oh, you, all weekend. Yeah, I bet you did. Uh, so, uh, I love it. Now you're being a belt aficionado. You don't like that belt. No, I like it a lot, but I know a lot of people, uh, weren't really fans of it. And, um, so it some, got some online, some critiques. Yeah. Some people are saying that they would have preferred a new cool championship, not an old one. And it didn't look like the old national title. They should have just made it look like the national title. That was the U S title. And why is there a seahorse on it? I mean, people were really mad about the seahorse. Where are you at on seahorses? Uh, I'm not, I don't like seahorses. Yeah. I was told for sure that you like seahorse. Uh, uh-uh. look at this brother. Love uh, tiny Lister and the macho man, Randy Savage. Only thing tiny had to do was breathe heavy here, buddy. That's all he had to do. By the way, have you heard about cameo cameo? Yeah. Uh, is that a brandy? So if you go to cameo.com, C A M E O, you can get personalized shout outs from celebrities. And one of the celebrities, believe it or not, is Tony tiny Lister. And I had Mr. Lister. Okay. Do a cameo for a friend of mine. And just shit all over him. It was great. What's it called? Cameo.com? Yeah. And I think you should sign up for it. I think you could get upwards of 
three orders a year. <laughs> that's three orders I didn't have. Well, you know something, dude. I mean, look at this, dude. How great is this? This is what I grew up on. Bruce the yeah. fucking barber beefcake and Hulk Hogan. Hulk Hogan cutting a promo, man. Like me and my sister, we would get in the uh, den and we would uh, do our Hulk Hogan posing routine. There's some pillows on the ground, jump off the couch, invite the friends over, do tag team matches. The good old days. This is my second favorite year ever of wrestling. And just because it's what I grew up on. Wow. How about that? And Hulk Hogan was in full Hulkamania mode back then. Dude, this is the best Hulk Hogan to me. I know a lot of people would argue and say, oh, 84, 85. And some would say 86 and most say 87. But to me, as much as I enjoyed 88, 89 Hulk Hogan, 90 Hulk Hogan, 91 Hulk Hogan. Those are the best. Conrad, we used to go to these uh, venues to do TV tapings on back-to-back days, do superstars one day and challenge the next. Hulk Hogan was there, but he would not come out until the very end to wrestle. Like six hours into the show or something dumb, right? And they would wait on him. Yeah. Fans would wait on him. It was his show. It was, it was him. He was the reason they waited. And it, it was absolutely remarkable because I remember, you know, we would be, we would be taking off and, uh, leaving because TV was over and then Hulk Hogan would come out. And I remember just hearing the response that he got, I'm thinking, my God, it's late into the night and they're still into this man. Here he is just to have a glimpse of Hulk Hogan. So it was very well done. What did you think of his world title belt here? You like this belt? Oh, it's the best. It's the best world title belt besides the big gold belt. And I think you could even argue that it's better. The only thing that makes the big gold so special, it was the exact same belt. It was never replaced, but that title design that he's wearing right there, especially this one, that's dual plated, right? That's my favorite. Uh, what does dual plated mean? It means that it's got gold and nickel. It's not just oh. one color. Got you. All right. Well, you know, going back to what we were talking about, the National Heavyweight Championship belt, uh, that's old school. And uh, what uh, now Nick Aldis has back in his possession is old school as well. So, and, you know, Billy Corrigan is a very much old school guy. I think I've realized that from uh, my talks I've had with him. Short oh, so you, know, well, you can't tease us like that. Tell us what your talks with Billy Corrigan were like. Well, it, uh, I, I just, we, I said hello to him. And he was involved in, in, the craziness of the day. And we really didn't get to talk that much. That was about all, but he did send me a very nice, very nice. And I really appreciate it. I'm saving the email, a very nice email, uh, thanking me for being with him. It meant a lot to me. He really did. Absolutely. All right. WWF challenge. Who we got coming out here? Oh my God. The ax and the smash. Now you liked these guys, didn't you? Loved them. Yeah. Here comes the axer. Here comes the smasher or demolition walking disaster. Walking disaster. You know what? I I love that. Uh, the gladiator and Dave Pullman. (laughs) Uh, I, uh, I didn't appreciate demolition until I got there. Now I'd known Barry Darso. I'd never really worked with Billy Eadie before. Uh, but I knew Barry obviously from being Crusher Khrushchev. But I remember thinking, God, these are Road Warrior ripoffs. That's what I always thought. 
because of the paint and everything. But then after I got to the WWF back in this year, I, uh, I, it was pretty apparent they were over. I mean, they really were, they, their gimmick was over and, and, uh, they, I mean, obviously Bill Eden and Barry Darso didn't have the, the muscle definition of a hawk and animal, but they were st- in their own way. That gimmick was over. I thought, and how many gimmicks has Barry Darso had in his career? Holy shit. I just, to me, there's no comparison. And I know that's sacrilege and a lot of people, oh man, check this out. The twin towers. I'm in the top right hand corner with my, my great friend, Eric rotten crotch. <laughs> yes, you are. A came to Alabama dream. Talking about it, baby. Tell us about all that meth smoking down around Boaz, Alabama and going down to the, all the outlet malls. Uh, hypothetically speaking, can we get you to commit right now to coming oh. to the 2019 Halloween party at the Conradison 2019? Yeah. What, what happened? What about the 2018? Not having a Halloween party just too, too out too close after the, uh, well, you've already established you're not coming. So I'm talking about 2019 actual Halloween is on Thursday, October 31st next year. Can I get you to commit to come on Friday, November 1st, 2019 to the Conradison Halloween party? Uh, well, it depends on where the Georgia Bulldogs are playing the next day. Jesus Christ. Uh, odds are they're going to be playing at home against Kentucky. So I think I could do that. Well, but look, I'm going to be very honest with you and, and you don't, you don't realize this. This is not in your psyche right now, but when you're my age, you can't make plans for a year in advance. You just don't know. Well, I mean, I can't ask you a week out either. Cause you get mad about that too. No, that's not necessarily true, but so, okay. Uh, let me, as we're going along here, let me look up the Georgia Bulldogs schedule. And if we're home, they can look at that poster, man. So you're saying now you're saying there was no comparison demolition over the road warriors. No, right? all day. Really? Not close to me. Okay. Some pretty good stuff, man. They were the WWF tag team champions at that time. How about that SummerSlam open? Feel the heat. And how about the pay-per-view was on a Monday, August 28th, a Monday. That's kind of, uh, kind of mind boggling. And of course, Gene would come out and he would do these interviews. Stand over there, Mike Jones. Don't say a fucking word. We're now going to talk to the million dollar man, Ted DiBiase. Teddy, you were involved in probably, I would say the greatest angle ever. And now here you are once again. And uh, let me say that for the millions of fans watching around the world, thank you for being here and thank you for being the million dollar man. Love Teddy. Didn't you? Oh, the best. I mean, there's so many iconic characters on this show. You compare this to that real piece of shit that you guys had put out on our most recent episode from 1987 for the NWA. And there's just no comparison. You look at this cast of characters in that one. I mean, They've got the million dollar man. You jack offs had the fucking mod squad. Okay. All right. All right. Get the mod squad out of your mind. You're saying that the show that we put out, which are our last bonus show here on Patreon, our last bonus show with Ric Flair fondling and kissing and making out uh, with a mannequin is a piece of shit show. That's fucking great entertainment, buddy. 
All right. There was one mannequin high point of the whole thing. What about the rest? Well, we showed you uh, Nikita Koloff and, uh, and Lex Luger. We showed you the finish of that. We showed you the finish of Ric Flair, uh, and uh, gorgeous Jimmy Garvin. We had some okay, pretty good. Fine. You had good matches. These okay. have, these are better characters. That's all. Yep. That was my point. Ted, Ted DiBiase was in Georgia championship wrestling prior to this quite a star. He really was, but he was nothing like he was here as the million dollar man. He really, he really, really made this character work. And if I recall the stories, you may know more stories about this than I did. Vince made him live the gimmick too, didn't he? Absolutely. Right. In other words, he was strutting that ass around handing out hundred dollar bills in real life. Right. So, but yeah, he was, man, Teddy was, and then of course they did the best here's, we talk so much about the WWF knowing how to handle characters. They knew what to do and they knew what not to do. And what not to do was to let Virgil do much of anything except hand him his gimmicks. What the fuck is this? Oh, okay. It's a gold neck brace. And then of course, when we get Virgil, we call him Vincent and we make him part of the NWO. We make him talk and, uh, there you go. Yo, Billy Jim, baby. <laughs> the, I mean, he looks like a Crockett character. Who that the hillbilly Jim? He's your, he's like their Jimmy Valiant. Yeah, I guess he was. And not only that, he's in the hall of fame. Yeah. And he's still waiting on a call. How about Sandy beach, buddy? It was old opportunity calling. Did you know that opportunity? Got it. I understand. Uh, I, I, uh, you know, hillbilly Jim still looks pretty good. Oh, I no saw, doubt. Yeah. I saw him a couple of years ago. He's still in shape. Still looks really good, man. <laughs> yes, sir, buddy. He loved that gimmick. All right. Well, this is, uh, with the exception of the characters, they're really, and the exception of the look of the show, the exception of the production value of the show, there really ain't much going on wrestling wise in the show. Well, I mean, you, you said earlier, the matches are short and the promos are long. Well, okay. We've had a promo from Hulk Hogan. Uh, we saw a little bit of the brother love show, which was a staple of superstars back then. Uh, we saw, uh, just saw the million dollar man, Ted DiBiase, but we haven't really seen that much wrestling because again, wrestling didn't mean that much back then. They wanted you to go to the arenas. They wanted you to buy the pay-per-views and this was heading to SummerSlam. Of which, take a look, if you will. I, I, I love the genius. Sorry, I know you didn't, but I, I loved him. I, I don't think anybody could have pulled it off better than Lanny Pop. He pulled a lot of stuff off people didn't think he could. I knew you would say, Roy, put that ball on a tee for your ass and you hit it out of the park. Thank you very much. Well, I just mean, like, think about all the paychecks he got. In WCW for not doing anything. Oh, hey, listen, I spent time with, I spent time recently with Lanny Popo last year and Lanny would be the first to tell you that he got paychecks because he was Randy Savage's brother. And he said, I would have been crazy not to accept them. 
and he knows it. But still, I just I love the genius. I mean, it it was so corny, it was so bad that it was good. I I thought that I really thought that about about the genius. People booed his ass. It's like uh, it was it was kind of like uh, I was going to say hillbilly Jim, but no, it it was. Uh, I don't think I, I can't think of anybody right now, but I somebody's gimmick is so bad it's good. You think of anybody else's? The goddamn Candyman. Goddamn Candyman. There's another one. <laughs> so bad. Honky Tonk Man's another one. The evil architect, Mr. Bill Ding. The Ding Dong tag team. Oh my God. How about you recently saw one? Josephus. Josephus, yeah. Wow. Josephus. Woo. Yeah. Josephus and road warrior animal in the ring at the same time. How about that? Is that what you expected? Yeah, uh, I guess. I don't know. Had the fans clapping along with him. Boy, he had it going for him. That's there. But the look of the show was great. Now there's a running, uh, thing going on in the show or a running, uh, argument going on in the show. Me and Heenan. And, uh, gorilla monsoon are calling the action. Uh, Heenan has gone to the ring a couple of times, but Heenan is pissed off that I'm doing the show. And eventually they are going to move Heenan off the show and put me on. And they're going to put me on and give Heenan his own show, the Bobby Heenan show, which really didn't really didn't take off. And I thought it would. Here's the best incarnation of, uh, Kurt Henning too, Mr. Perfect. As you would say, without question, without question, it was. See, there we are. See the three of us. They're arguing and I'm just kind of caught in the middle and I'm not so sure. I, you know, I know that, uh, and we've talked about it. It's in the archives and MLW, radio.com. It's in the archives of, of me talking about Bobby Heenan. I'm not so sure that Heenan wasn't really pissed off about me taking his job here. He may have been. And, and, you know, I I was really uncomfortable about that. But as I've said many times, and and I, and and look, we, we bullshit a lot on this show. Look at this. Heenan getting up. Uh, He's going to walk out, apparently, get mad at all of us and just walk off on us. Who who bullshits on this show? I take this show very seriously. You do. Uh, but we bullshit on the show a lot of times. Gorilla Monsoon was one of the greatest men to work with, and he meant a lot to my career. He did. He made me feel comfortable. He made me feel good. He was almost like a coach to me. And it was just, it's way, you know, the, I don't care what Heenan had said in the past about me and about me not wanting uh, him, him to mention when Gorilla passed away. I love Gorilla Monsoon. Anybody ever worked with him loved him. Look at Heenan walking off, man. And that was that. <laughs> and Monsoon waving goodbye to him. You got any good uh, Gino stories? Lots of people uh, have famous stories about him in Vegas or wanting to make bets or taking care of people whenever they took their family to Vegas. Just what a class guy he was and how much he enjoyed gambling and the good life. I was in Vegas for the VSDA, 
the Video Software Dealers Association uh, convention because I was the producer of Coliseum Videos, and Bobby Heenan and Gorilla Monsoon were in uh, to make an appearance for the WWF. And I went over to Caesar's Palace, and Gorilla Monsoon said to me, he said, I want you to meet somebody. And I met, I don't know who he was, I, I'm terrible on names, one of the real bigwigs of, uh, of Caesar's Palace. He said, this Tony Schiavone works for us, he introduced me, the guy said, anything I can do for you? I said, well, no. He said, I'll tell you what. He said, are you staying here? And I said, no, I'm staying at the Tropicana. And he said, well, anytime you come back, the room's on me. And it's just by knowing Gorilla Monsoon. And, of course, the story that I've told many times was that uh, when we were in uh, Atlantic City for the uh, WrestleMania Five, and Bobby Heenan is in the lobby with Gorilla Monsoon, and Gorilla Monsoon pulls out a wad, I, and I was there, a wad of cash. That was gigantic. It was like a gimmick wad of cash, like maybe that a mobster would have, right? And Bobby says, what are you carrying around all this fucking cash for? And Gorilla says, well, maybe I want to buy something. He said, what are you looking to buy, a house? And that, that made me laugh. That was, uh, that was just Bobby and Gorilla going at it. But, yeah, he was, uh, he was very well known uh, with, the, uh, with the gambling establishment. Great guy, man. Missing. Had a profound impact on my career. Influence. You got any stories about Gino's wife? I didn't know her. We never hear anybody talk about her. And I've always wondered, like the lady behind gorilla, you know, we we've, we've heard about Lois. We've heard about Bobby's wife, but never Gino's. Well, I think that's because he had a lot more class than I did. And was a very private man. In fairness, who doesn't have a lot more class than you? Besides me. I mean, because we're tomatoes. I tomatoes. Softball on the tee, and Conrad knocks it out of there. All right. Back to another uh, event center with our old buddy, Sean Mooney. And who is he, who's he going to pitch to here? Oh, he's going through the powers of pain. I don't know why I did that voice, but you got a, a Fuji voice. I'll do Barbarian if you do Fuji. Oh. Fuji talking about Barbarian and the Warlords of Powers of Pain. Tommy Young, when you come up here to WWF, you come to New York, you jack me off. You come up here, now you have Powers of Pain in your butthole. <laughs> what are we doing? I don't know. That's right. He's fucked me. Tommy Young, he might as well fuck you. That's exactly right. He's fucked all of us. <laughs> <laughs> Because he's a barbarian. Where his dick goes, he follows. And we just all, all bow down the well. Oh, yes. I didn't fuck me. He fucked me. I cut off his dick and stick it in his ear. I don't know what's going on right now. I don't either. But anytime we see the barbarian, we kind of get them, don't we? Tommy Young. <laughs> we, we, we probably ought to. What? I don't know. Something's wrong with us. Well, we, we ought to. We ought to try to, to act straight. How, how fucking goofy does King Duggan look here? <laughs> he played it up, buddy. Well, there was King Haku. There was the macho King Randy Savage. And there was King Hacksaw Jim Duggan. Ho! I love it. <laughs> Tough guy. Huh. 
stand in front of old glory. Did you ever shoot any of these? Uh, oh yeah, absolutely. When, uh, whenever I would have a, a Coliseum home video to do, I would go in the back and one of the, they had in the back, they, they would put, uh, if they had a couple of rooms, they would put the sonic board to where they would deaden the sound. But they also had these, uh, these portable, uh, studios as well. And they would have English one, English two, international one, international two, and they would have pre-tapes. They would have five. And I would go in the back and I would sometimes say I would give like to Jack Lanza or to, uh, another one was, uh, Nick Bockwinkle at that time. Another one was, uh, George Animal Steel. I would give to them, uh, a list of interviews I had to do for the, uh, for the, uh, video cassette and they would make sure all those interviews got done and I was sitting there and producing. So, so absolutely. So is our show over or is it starting over again? What the hell's going it, on? It, it is weird that there's another open right here, right in the middle of it. Right. Huh? So I guess the show is over, right? Yeah. Uh, there's the, uh, there's the signature and the sign off. Yep. Done. We made it. Well, I was looking forward to, uh, I felt like we had like nine more minutes based on that countdown. Whoever uploaded that video is not nearly as good at that as they are over at the WWE network, but they can't show wrestling challenge there. So I'm glad we were able to see it here. Why don't they show wrestling challenge there? Cause someone else owns the name wrestling challenge now. Wow. Really? Yep. Just like your boy, he owns war games. Can I tell you a story about wrestling challenge? Yeah. Love to hear it. All right. When, uh, when I left, uh, the WWF. I got in touch with my friend, Tommy Carlucci. I said, Tommy, do you think you guys could send me all the challenges that I did? And he said, I'll talk to Kevin Dunn. And Kevin Dunn had, uh, John Arnold, who was the librarian back then, uh, make video cassettes of each and every challenge that I was on. And I have them here at the house. You have all the original wrestling challenges on VHS. The ones that I was in. I think we yep. should, I think we should sell those. Really? I, 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 I can't sell those. It's not my property to sell. Nah, I, we sell shit that it's not ours all the time. Of course it's up in the attic with the uh, six man tag team belt. So I'm fucking done with you. Close the show. What time is it? It's time to end the show. Ladies and gentlemen, Tony Schiavone, it is one year in the WWF. Oh, it was so good. Production was so great. He was part of Coliseum Video. He was part of something great. He goes back to WCW and fucks up his life. We're out of time. We'll see you again next week with another show here on What Happened When exclusively <laughs> on Patron. Hey, hey, it's Conrad Thompson here to tell you a little more about what adfreeshows.com is all about. Get early ad-free access to more than a dozen of your favorite wrestling podcasts every single week, starting at just nine bucks. That's less than 20 cents an episode each month. 
And yes, you can listen to them all directly through Apple Podcasts or your regular podcast apps. How easy is that? Ad-Free Shows also has thousands of hours worth of bonus content and docu-series like Title Chase, Eric Fires Back, Conversations with Conrad, and The Insiders. Plus new series like The Book with David Crockett, Monday Mailbags with Mike Kyoto and Nick Patrick, and a whole lot more. And you want to talk about early. You can't get any earlier than listening to the shows live. You can be a part of the live studio audience as we record the podcast. Plus ride shotgun alongside your favorite childhood heroes for live watch alongs, Q and A's and other interactive experiences every single month. Come on now, see for yourself what thousands of other wrestling fans from around the world have discovered that adfreeshows.com is the best value in wrestling. Check it out today. And Hey, when you do the first week is completely free at freeshows.com. <laughs>